the HTC One M8. This isn't exactly an up-to-the-minute review, but it is my review, so, yeah. Uh, let's start off with the good stuff. Since getting my first smartphone, the HTC Desire, I've been able to keep up to date with a current phone from HTC year-on-year. Year. Uh, after the Desire, it was the One S, and now the One Mate. Of those three phones, HTC have managed to spread the entire spectrum of quality in Android phones. The Desire was pretty much the best thing going at the time. The One S was a phone of such disaster that I hold a special place in my heart for how much I hate it. And the One is probably the best device I've ever seen from them. The screen is a delight to look at. The build quality is as good as any Apple product, and the sound quality is the best I've heard on any mobile device, including laptops. On the software side, HTC have done a brilliant job of polishing the turd that is Android. Now, there are at least a few apps on the phone that look like they were made by one company with one goal in mind. Before I get on with explaining why Android is a turd, uh, I'd like I should tell you some of the bad things that are specific to the phone. My main problem is that it's too damn big. I hate big phones, and I really, really hate them when there's no point to them. If this massive screen was displaying more than my iPhone screen, then I'd at least see why other people like big phones. As it is, there's nothing more on the screen of my HTC than there is on my iPhone. So why do I need a screen that big? I know that Apple are more than likely going to release a big iPhone this year, but I'm really not looking forward to it. I didn't ask for one, and I don't want one. Hopefully more stuff will fit on the screen of a bigger iPhone, rather than just making everything on the screen bigger. I'm sure that the big screen works as an accessibility feature for people with bad eyesight, but I'm also sure that text size should be a software setting and not a hardware feature. To make matters worse, the size of the device means I can't use it with one hand, and due to the design, the, the pad of my index finger always rests on the camera lens, so I've got lots of smudgy photos taken from behind whatever I've been sticking my fingers in. The external buttons on the device are really bad. I feel like I can't touch the phone without turning the volume down. The volume buttons require such little pressure and are so recessed into the device that you touch them without knowing. The camera. I'm not a fan. It's not terrible. And if we were living in 2012, I'd be impressed by it. But we live in a world where the iPhone 5S has replaced my digital camera. The HTC One won't be doing that for you. Okay, so the 4 megapixel idea is a good one. Instead of having more pixels, you have bigger pixels, which capture more light. But it doesn't result in better photos, so what's the point? I'm not suggesting that the HTC should add as many megapixels to it as they can, as that clearly only makes things worse. But the way they're going really isn't the way to go. I can't help but feel that HTC would agree with me, as they've released many phones this year, and not one of them has a similar camera unit to the one. It's also worth noting that HTC have added as many unusable features to the camera as possible. I can turn my photos into a 3D image that can only be viewed on HTC phones, or I can add a strange video effect that makes it look like it's raining in my photos, because we all know how often you've wished you could do that. There's even the HTC Zoe, which is a photo with a few seconds of audio associated with it. Like a video, but worse. HTC have added a Zoe app to the phone, but when you launch it, you get a screen that says, Coming soon! So they actually added a button that does nothing. Nice. Now, while HTC have taken great strides in trying to hide the lack of functionality that you have to deal with in Android, such as the lack of basic apps like calendars, task managers, music players, photo viewing, etc., some of their efforts are terrible. 
For example, when you open up the photo app, you'll see that for some reason, rather than showing you your photos, HTC would rather show you a shitty little slideshow of your photos set to music that you don't choose or own, and blast that directly into your brain via the massive speakers. I have to, I've yet to open that app and not have it make everyone in the room jump. I can already hear the Android fans shouting, but you can download alternative apps from the Play Store. Of course you can, I did that. I now have two calendars, two photo galleries, two task managers, two web browsers, and the list goes on. There's a lot to be said for doing something right in the first place, rather than making your users carry around a load of crap they don't need or want. Speaking of crap you don't want, Google have decided that selling me wasn't selling me a phone wasn't good enough, and they need some more money out of me. There's a Gmail app. You have to have a Gmail account to use Android. It's impossible without it. And there are ads in that app. Ads in Gmail. On a Google phone. This isn't ads put into an app by an independent developer trying to finance their app and make a living. This is Google putting ads into an app that I have to use on a phone running their OS that I paid for. This is a massive difference. And I really resent what Google are doing. I didn't buy a phone so that the company who sold it to me can continue to advertise to me. Ads in apps are a shit idea to begin with, but understandable for the right kind of people. Google are not the right kind of people. So what about Android? How does that compare to iOS? Well, it doesn't, and I don't get why everybody can't see that. It feels like I'm trying to explain to somebody why a sunset is beautiful, and if you just don't get it, then I don't know what I can do to make you see it. The whole OS is a mess. It's like using an argument between lots of different companies. Google would like things to look and work in a particular way. HTC want to do things in another way. Other companies want to do things in their way too. And Google is fighting all of them to try and impose their way of doing things. Consequently, there's absolutely no consistency of experience. Some apps have a particular look and feel and some apps work totally differently. Who knows what you're going to get when you open one up. Over time, Android has become the mishmash of different offerings and goals that we were turning the, pre, uh, that we were turning the pre-smartphone market into such a mess. Then Apple released the first iPhone. That unified everything that the phone did. It was a huge blessing. If Steve Jobs was alive today, he'd forgive App, uh, Google. Copying the iPhone has only got them into a mess. Let me give you an example of the mess I'm talking about. On an iPhone, if you want to launch Siri, you hold the home button. That's it. That's the only way you can launch, Siri. Soon you'll be able to say, hey Siri, which I do see as a good thing. Whereas, if you want to launch Google now, I can press the button uh, that HTC put on my dog. I can swipe up from the bottom of the screen. I can swipe from the left side of the screen. I can say, okay, Google. I can put a widget on the screen and I can launch it from the app menu. Uh, part of good design is knowing when you've solved a problem and stop trying to solve it. Google's attitude is clearly one of, there's no such thing as a solved problem. I find that really patronizing. I can learn what I need to do to achieve what I need to achieve. I'm not a moron. You don't give, need to give me 92 ways of completing every task. And what is the point of widgets? I can, I can put a Spotify widget on the home screen. But if I'm actually listening to Spotify, I have to go through at least two other ways of controlling it before I get to that widget. There are lock screen controls and there are status bar controls. Why do I need a widget? That might not even be on my main home screen. Actually, if I'm putting a Spotify widget on any screen other than the main home screen, I might as well just have had a Spotify icon there. 
it's as many screen presses to get to controls by launching the app as it is to scroll to another screen and use the widget. It's the same with calendar entries. I can have a widget that shows me my next appointment, but that's already displayed on the lock screen and in the status bar, and Google Now will give me an alert about it. What do I need a calendar widget for? I can only assume that Android users don't have a clue what's happening in their lives from one minute to the next. I noticed that a commonly suggested and used home screen widget is a clock. Why? There's already one in the status bar. Which is for a case of doing something because you can, not because you should. As much as Apple are criticised for showing you a grid of apps, that's exactly what I want. I want to use the apps, so why hide them all away one layer down? On top of that, there isn't much room for anything on this phone. It has 16GB of storage, which is mostly gone now. I've put a microSD card in because that's apparently one of the best features of Android phones. If you need more storage, you just put in an SD card. If that's the accepted solution, somebody might want to let Google know. For a start, apps don't go on the SD card, so stick a couple of big games on there and the phone is full. And not all apps can see or use the SD card. I can put music on there that I download from Google Music, but, no, but Spotify can't see the SD card to download playlists to. One of my camera apps can use the SD card, but another can't. My podcast app can't use it either, so podcasts are out too. So while you can add storage with an SD card, it's a crapshoot as to whether or not you'll actually be able to do anything with it. Luckily, there aren't any big games with awesome graphics available for Android, so storage shouldn't be much of a problem. Why worry about where you're going to keep 3GB of XCOM Enemy Unknown or Infinity Blade when nothing like that exists on the OS? Still, it should leave you with lots of room for cut the rope. Games aren't a strong area of Android. The top selling game is Minecraft, which I purchased three years ago. The number five game is Need for Speed Most Wanted, which was released in 2012, and the number seven game is Plants vs. Zombies. Remember that game? Not Plants vs. Zombies 2, the first one, that came out years and years ago. That said, the whole app store is a shrine to how bad Android actually is. Most of the top-selling apps are apps that aim to make your phone usable. There are launchers and music players, keyboards, theme makers and emulators that let you play pirated old Nintendo games, all of which are better than the games that actually run on Android. Without a doubt, you can customise your Android phone more than you can an iPhone. But you don't need to customise an iPhone because it worked properly when you got it out of the box. And customising your Android phone is pretty much one of the only things you can do with it. I'm surprised that Google haven't made pointlessly arranging widgets into some sort of game. So let me just get my thoughts together. The phone is built well, but full of pointless crap that hasn't been thought through. The whole experience is inconsistent and confusing with no best way of doing anything. Adding an SD card to increase storage is a fallacy and the software is generally outdated and miles behind any equivalent on the Apple App Store. If all you do with your phone is make calls and check Facebook, then I'm sure you'll be fine with Android. Notice that I didn't say Facebook and Twitter, because there's nothing on Android that comes close to being a decent Twitter app. The official app is identical to its iOS counterpart, but it's still rubbish, and most savvy iOS users don't use it. If you don't want to use the, the official Android Twitter app, you have a choice of two unofficial apps, one of which claims to have run out of new user tokens so you can't actually use it, and one that's so ugly it's like looking at a migraine. However, if you want to do anything more advanced than Facebook, you're stuck. 
Android doesn't do anything more advanced than Facebook. There are no great audio apps, no music creation apps, no video editing apps, no decent text editing apps, no nothing. You'll have Facebook and like it. If you shoot a video of your friends and want to trim the first few seconds of the clip, you're out of luck. It might seem like a basic function, but it's way beyond Android. You also have to deal with the unreliab uh, <laughs> unreliability of Google's products. When I first got my HTC Desire, I had to use the HTC RSS Reader. Then came Google Reader, which was discontinued. Then came Google Currents, which was discontinued. And then came Google Newsstand. I wonder how long that will last. Their note-taking app Google Keep is basic, but there's no way I'd start filling it with personal note data. How long is it all going to be there? Surely such a task is far better trusted to Evernote or Microsoft's OneNote. When Google can't even decide on which browser, message app, calendar, email app, camera or gallery app to use, why should I invest my time in a new service from them? Chances are it will be gone soon. I'm just glad I didn't jump onto Google+. Before I finish, there's just one more thing I need to cover. Price. Apparently the iPhone is expensive, but let me tell you, it's nothing compared to this HTC. My iPhone costs £37 a month, the HTC costs £47 a month. Yes, the iPhone had an upfront cost of £125 and the HTC was free. But over a two-year contract, that HTC costs hundreds of pounds more. Android is only cheaper for people who can't do basic maths. Of course, you can go out and get yourself a four-year-old Android device for next to nothing. But that doesn't mean Android is cheaper. It means that Carphone Warehouse have got some stock of four-year-old Galaxy Ace phones that they can't get rid of. That's not cheaper. That's just buying old crap. It's like saying that Ferrari's too expensive because you can buy a second-hand car. With the introduction of iOS 8, we have now reached the point where I'm no, willing, no longer willing to compare iOS and Android. It's like comparing a Beatles cover band to the actual Beatles. Functionality can be similar, but iOS does everything in a much nicer, cleaner and sensible way than Android. If all you want is a phone, then get a cheap Android phone. If you're one of those people that enjoys bragging about how you don't like smartphones, then get an Android phone. If you're one of those people that wants other people to sympathize with you because you have an old shitty phone, then get an Android phone. If you want a portable computer that's so feature-packed it makes you wonder why you still own a laptop, then iPhone is still the one and only way to go.